And now, this is the DDT Wrestling Podcast with DC Matthews and Doc Manson. Doc Manson at Doc Manson. Um, it's back to school time yet again. Uh, I'm not happy about it. Uh, I'm assuming you're at least ambivalent about it. Well, DC Matthews at the DC Matthews. Uh, yeah, it's a pretty busy time at work right now. Today's like my last day before my meetings start up tomorrow for TA orientations and crap. So. Yeah, it's, it's a. This is uh, definitely I, a busy time of year. How how much turnover do you have with your teaching assistants? Um, you know, how many new ones do you get each year that need training? Uh, um, it varies, and I don't really want to go into details on it. But uh, suffice to say, this year is not a good year in terms of uh, having experienced, qualified people uh, in abundance, let's say. Okay. Are you going to have to work extra hard to make sure things are running smoothly and such? Is that what you're trying to tell me? Uh, Possibly. Um, But, I mean, to some extent, that's not my job, right? I mean, I'm supposed to give them the tools they need, and if they don't have the background, well, that's on them i guess i i don't like i can't there's details here that would make this make more sense but uh again don't really want to get into it on the air that that's just fine that's just fine that's just fine yes i was in uh i was in my classroom today i was in my classroom earlier this week i'm done other people are not done they are resentful of the fact that i am done and i'm like well when i don't feel like putting up posters and you know putting their little gimmicky things on the door with the kid's name on them to be like, I'm so glad you're here. Then it's much easier. I mean, yeah. And not only that, but I mean, how long does it take to hang a poster? Well, they tend to like either they make them or they go to like the cut machines where they can cut the letters out of paper to like make a bulletin board. I went ahead when I first got into teaching, I went ahead and bought letters in like every color. So if I do that, which I don't, I would just pull them out and arrange them. But people spend hours upon hours. Our building, I think I'm right on this, is open until 11 p.m. every night this week because there are teachers who will be there until 11 p.m. getting everything set up. I mean, why don't you just, like, go into PowerPoint, create a single slide that's, you know, four feet by three feet, go down to your local staples and just print out a massive, large-format poster, and then tack, 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 done. We had a poster maker, which only post- made a poster in white and green, but we don't even have that anymore. So it's, it's everybody does it their own way. I tend to be very minimalistic. Like, like when the, when the students arrive, we will make stuff together to put up as opposed to them coming into some sort of incredible room with, you know, somebody has like a construction paper tree in one corner that, you know, so you can sit under the tree and read. And I'm like, that's cute and dumb all at the same time. So what you're saying is 
any way that you can put in minimal effort is a okay by you. For now, <clears throat> but, once but the kids in, in once fairness, the kids show up. In fairness to what you said about you know utilizing the children as child labor, uh, you know, but th- to have that experience with them, I think yeah. there's something to that. <clears throat> It is, it is harsh to say, but one of the things I, I – when I have student teachers, one of the things I say is don't ever do yourself what a child can do for you. Yep. That sounds <laughs> like child labor to me. So come on in to Mr. Matthews' classroom. I'm glad you're here. <laughs> All right. Well. SummerSlam, Doc. SummerSlam, SummerSlam, SummerSlam. There has been um, oodles of wrestling. In fact, this is the first day since possibly we last spoke. I can't remember when we recorded last. Um, that well, No, that's not true. Because today is Wednesday. We're recording a little early because I'm heading out on a quick vacation. So there is wrestling tonight. But regardless, I, you watched TakeOver, I know, because I was there. Right. I was I there, too. you watch TakeOver. Um, I assume you watched all of SummerSlam, and then I assume you watched no Raw and no SmackDown. How how close am I? Uh, you are correct in all of your assumptions. Okay. Well, so let's let's kind of go through. Um, what did you think about Takeover Saturday Night NXT's offering in Brooklyn? Uh, I was a very good show. Um, most of the matches were very good. I mean, I think they were all very good matches, actually. Um, I'm trying to think. Maybe, maybe Velveteen Dream EC3. I think that was maybe the weakest it, uh, it, match the on the card, nice. and that's saying something because it wasn't it wasn't weak. Well, that, that that was how I thought too. I I thought uh, the tag title match and Adam Cole Ricochet were mwah, beautiful. Agreed. Start to finish, beautiful. And the other matches were good. I won't say any more. Like, I, I thought there were moments in that EC3 Velveteen Dream match that were excellent. The finish was great. Uh, Kyrie Zane, Shayna Baszler ended wonderfully. Uh, there were parts of the Last Man Standing match that I really liked. I didn't love any of those matches start to finish the way I did about the first two. But regardless, mm-hmm. that's okay. I, I, I will say the one thing... Um that I think was reinforced for me from watching TakeOver, watching Velveteen Dream versus uh, EC3. EC3. Uh, I've said before, you know, it's sort somewhat of a joking manner on this show, I think, that Velveteen Dream hasn't really shown me much. Sure. You know what I mean? Like, I've always, I think I've made that tongue-in-cheek argument that he's been led to great matches by his competitors. And I, I think the match with EC3 makes Is that less that you of right? a tongue-in-cheek joke. <clears throat> no, I think it, I think <clears throat> he is a wrestler who can have good matches with good wrestlers. You, you know, there's, there's different levels. There's the guys who can have great matches with anybody. There's guys who can have great matches with good people. And then there are guys who can't have great matches with good people. And he's in that middle tier, which I think is fine. He had a great match with Aleister Black. He had a... Who did he wrestle at WrestleMania? It wasn't Black. It was somebody else. That's a great question. But I remember it being good. He did. He had a good match at that point, too. I I don't know why they went after EC3. 
I'm not sure what the point was. He's got a look. Um, he's got a character. He he plays that character well. But yeah, I mean, in terms of of his wrestling ability, I, I'm not taking. I don't mean to take anything away from him necessarily, but I, I do sort of view him as maybe on maybe in the same conversation as a Bobby Roode. You know, another guy who mm-hmm. again we haven't been super thrilled with his in ring work since his uh, coming to NXT and WWE. But I mean, not bad per se, but not exciting. Well, and that's kind of it. You know, part of me, I go back and forth on this. People talk about how it's a bad thing that WWE is signing all of this talent. Like, they just signed Keith Lee. Now they said, you know, Matt Riddle was at TakeOver, so now they've signed him as well. And so people think, you know, they're accumulating too much talent, and the problem's going to be where do they fit. And normally I'm like, you know what, that'll work itself out. But I don't see a real place for EC3 you know, he's going to be a mid-card bad guy-ish, but I feel like they already have quite a few of those. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's a, it's just an interesting it's an interesting question. Like I said, the ending was great. The cartwheel, fireman's carry, and the elbow drop on the apron. Never seen a match end like that before. Very inspired. But, um, but again, it was a good show. Which, you know, I think you can count when you sit down to watch an NXT TakeOver. It's going to be a good show. The sure. question just becomes, out of that show, how many great matches will there be? And it's, in my opinion, that there were two, which is great. Yeah. Uh, and the other thing I'll say is uh, I was also very interested looking at reports of Triple H's uh, press conference that he held after NXT TakeOver. He answered a few questions, and, and the thing that really stood out to me is... I'm fairly certain he answered all of those questions in kayfabe. Despite being, you know, an executive in the company, he did not give, I think, legitimate real answers to things like, what do you think of Velveteen Dream's message for Vince on his pants? Where he said, oh, I didn't see that until the gorilla position. I don't know if that's the kind of attention you really want. I'm paraphrasing. Um I don't believe for a second that somebody didn't see his tights out at catering and those weren't checked and looked over and a calculated move. I just, I don't believe it. For him to then go out there when they're talking about, ah, the mat, the finish to Gargano Ciampa, you know, we kind of have to play things by ear. When Johnny hurt his knee there, you know, anything can happen. What are you talking about? He didn't hurt his knee. That's just, that was just how the match was produced. Like, that's the story that you told. Like, that's not, that's not an actual injury. Um, hmm. I, I thought I it was, was wondering about that because you know people were talking about it when it first happened, like it was a legitimate injury, and that's why the finish was changed. But then you never heard anything about it, and I'm like, if it was a real injury, they'd be talking about it. Like I would he think so. In for surgery, like Eric Rowan has. Yeah, I mean, again, maybe I'll turn out that I'm wrong, but I just thought that was that was interesting. Uh, what I find sure. interesting is that every time that Triple H does one of these. At some point, and he's been doing this for a very long time, as far as I can remember, um, he's talked about NXT as the third brand. And I admire that. I'd love to see that. But at some point, I need to see something that proves that they're a third brand. And it's not just another great takeover. 
Like, we need to see something, whether it's an expanded show, whether it's moving to a new, you know, to a time slot on cable, whether it's talent from WWE that's not being used coming down. I don't know what it's going to be, but you can't be a third brand when nobody's going, you know, people have to be moving in both directions, like with Well, I don't know if I agree with that. I I mean, I, I agree with what you're saying, but how often does a Major League Baseball player go back to the minor leagues? But that's it. If he's he's calling himself a third brand, which means to well, me, no, but the, and maybe but, this but the is minor the leagues pers- in this instance are still a brand. I agree with you that maybe they're not. It's not the same level of a brand as the major leagues, as Raw or SmackDown in this analogy. But but it's still a third brand. I don't think that's an incorrect use of the term. I guess it's the way I'm interpreting the term. Yeah. Like, you're, you're talking about having yourself on equal footing with Raw and SmackDown. And the fact that people on Twitter say that NXT is the best hour of wrestling each week isn't enough in my head. Like, if you're going to keep saying third brand, I want to see you literally being similar to Raw and SmackDown. But again, that's probably just the way I Yeah, and I, again, I don't, necess- I don't think that's likely... At this point, I, I think I it's don't think going so to- either because they're going to need some sort of minor league. So now you're talking about NXT as a third brand, and then some other developmental show, and it's just too much. Yeah, absolutely. So, all right. So, um, there are still even now, still days after I close my eyes sometimes, and I see Ricochet backflipping through the air and getting kicked in the neck. Mm-hmm. By beautiful. Adam. I mean, never seeing anything like that. A great sequence. I mean, potentially quite dangerous, but ultimately beautifully executed. Mm-hmm. Um, speaking of NXT, I think we're had they're having their first the NXT UK tapings. I believe are this weekend. They're going to crown an NXT UK Women's Champion. There's going to be a little tournament or something. So they're they're going for it. I don't know. And again, it's I don't know when it's going to air, but. Uh, They've got that. They've got the Mae Young Classic going on. WWE's got all sorts of things happening. And, you know, that that the brands, if you will, however we call it, minor league, major league, they're they're spreading all over the place. Absolutely. Um, and you know, I think that's I, a good man- thing. Ultimately I managed I don't know how, but I managed to go five for five in my predictions. There you go. For NXT. It didn't work that way uh, as well for SummerSlam, but I did okay. Um Pre-show, anything you want to talk about there? The B-team are still your tag team champions. Cedric's your cruiserweight champion. Not that you watch 205 Live, but it was fine. Pre-show. Nothing happens on the pre-show. I had hoped something would happen, although, you know, um, I'm going to kind of take this further into into Raw uh, and SmackDown just to kind of catch you up a little bit. Um, The Revival beat... Dallas and Axel in singles matches, so it seems likely that they're going to get an, at least another title shot. And I do think it is only a matter of time before. But Bo Dallas, man, <clears throat> I talk about him a lot, and people think it's just a joke. But no, that guy is seriously funny. I saw him and Curtis interacting with the Miz backstage. I think that was yeah. at SummerSlam. That was on. That was at SummerSlam. Yeah, that was funny. You know, that was. That was good stuff. 
he's it's it's a little bit of wrestle silly mixed with just enough in ring talent. The thing is, I feel like he doesn't have enough range. I feel like yes, he is silly, but like that that what he's doing, I feel like is the extent of what you can the expect. The goofy character is all we've seen, which is why I miss his NXT work because he was the goofy character, but then not. Like he had a darker side in NXT that we don't see that often, especially this version of Bo Dallas. Well, sure, but I mean, when he first came up to the main roster, he was still doing that that Bo leave heel work. Like he was still having that dark side, and I just didn't tra- just didn't translate. So I mean, okay, well, which explains why he's you know. This is kind of a, I won't call it a joke, but they've stumbled their way into being Raw Tag Team Champions. I mean, I view them as Tag Team Champions very similarly to Rhino and Heath Slater's yes, win on it's, SmackDown. It's a very similar thing. A couple I mean, years ago. The tag team division, if you, re- if you read through the list of tag team champions, you're going to come across every so often, they're going to throw in the Charlie Haas and Rico team, which... You know, just shows up every so often. Um, all right. So, yes. Uh, tell me about, uh, you know, I we attend, Mrs. Matthews and I int- attended TakeOver at Manson Manor, but we did not attend SummerSlam. How was the group? How are the people? Everyone enjoy themselves? Oh, yeah. Full, full uh, stable of people. GQ, Rachel, Eric, Mrs. Manson, myself, sitting down with Oscar Yes to enjoy some wrestling for 18 hours or whatever it was. Did Oscar behave himself? You know, mostly. Fair enough. He had he had lots of people to love on him. Uh, let's see. Uh, Dean Ambrose did not turn heel. Surprise. Seth Rollins did win the uh, Intercontinental title. Cool, cool. And surprise uh, number three, the Shield is reunited. I'm not sure any of those are really surprises, but okay. Well... People were, you know. Uh, are you? Are you, you? Let s- me ask you a question. When, sure. when, when people, when, when you hear the phrase "the Shield has reunited," does that do anything for you? Yes, because I didn't ex. I didn't ex. Now I didn't watch all of Monday's Night Raw live, so I had heard about it before I saw it. Um, I'm glad that people are excited because I didn't watch during the birth of the Shield. Like I wasn't watching that. I I came on with the network. The Shield predates the network by a little bit, so it doesn't excite me in the same way. But I'm like, okay, cool. They've got the black gear back on. You know, this they seem like they're going to stick around for a while. Now I'm curious to know what Braun's going to do. Is he going to chase all three of them? Is he going to like? Is he going to try to? You know, there's a question there. Is he going to get allies? Is how's that going to work? Is he going to reform some sort of weird Wyatt family? Because Bray Wyatt's around. Spoilers. Uh, Luke Harper now needs something to do because Eric Rowan is injured, so they've lost the tag team titles. So maybe some sort of weird Wyatt family reunion, which again is just speculation. None of that appeals to you? Not really. Wyatt family ran its course. It reformed two or three times, and honestly, it was never that good. And at this point, I think Braun, his singles run, I think would be hampered by putting him back with Bray Wyatt. 
Well, it would need to be. It would really need to be the Strowman family. Yes. Like it would be. It would need to be Bronze Brigade or something like that. And like I don't even want to see the the Wyatt family diminishes. Bron has eclipsed everything all of the Wyatt family did put together. Correct. And I don't want to see them together squabbling over who's really the alpha of this group. Like I don't. I don't. I don't need to see that. So you were happy never seeing the shield again, is what you're saying? Well, I mean, I won't say that, but it seems like they trotted out very frequently. We we just had a shield reunion. <clears throat> well, like- and I think I think what has happened is just circumstance has gotten in the way every single time. You know, they were going to build up to that triple threat. Then I think what Roman got suspended or something mm-hmm, like that. Mm-hmm. Then they were going to, you know, then they reformed for a bit. But I, then I think Ambrose got injured, so that was the end of that. So it, it seems like they keep trying to make this work. And but yeah, fate. I, I don't know. Like back in the day, that. and this is probably just me being a crotchety old guy. We got any younger listeners? Tell me how wrong I am. That's fine. You know, send us an email uh, podcast at ddtwrestling dot com. But there was a time. When that music hit and DX came out and I was excited. So I was going to see something new and fresh and funny. It was going to be a different character for those two guys. It was, it was going to, it was going to be something different than the Triple H and Shawn Michaels that were on my screen every week. Uh, mm-hmm. I don't get excited for the shield like that. These guys are the same. They, they, there is no difference between their singles careers and when they're the shield. And furthermore, I sort of feel like all three of them have the exact same Character. That's a little bit of an overstatement, obviously. One's a lunatic, one's an architect, one's a dog. Yeah, I get it. But, but you know what I'm saying? <laughs> That's the start of a great joke. Like, they're not <clears throat> funnier, they're not more serious. Like, it's... Well, I guess maybe Dean's more serious when he's part of the S.H.I.E.L.D.? I, I don't know. I have gotten so sick and tired of Dean Ambrose that... It's not, you know, he came back with the shorter hair and the buff look, and I was like, okay, cool. But the Dean Ambrose that wrestled Dolph Ziggler on Raw was very much the guy from The Shield. Like, no rebound lariat, no running to the corner, jumping up, bouncing off the turnbuckle, and running back for some sort of body attack. There were, like, holds, submissions. So... I'm going to leave it open. You're right. Everything you said is correct. I'm just leaving it open. Hopefully, it's different now. Hopefully, it's not just sure. And burn again, it down, Seth Rollins. They just reunited. I don't mean to say that there's no way this is going to be good. I don't I don't want you to, to register my, my voicing this at, as, oh, why would they put the shield back together? It's dumb. I'm, I'm open to it. I'm interested to see where it goes. But, yeah, it does not... On the surface of it, you telling me the Shields reunited does not get me excited. Sure. Uh, again, you've got plenty of time, and by plenty of time, I mean Hell in a Cell is in three weeks. In six weeks, it's the Australia Super Show, and in nine weeks, it's Evolution. So, even if you don't watch the weekly wrestling, you're still going to be watching you know, three big events in the next month and a half. Um, The New Day lost to SummerSlam, but won on SmackDown. They are your five-time tag team champions. Aren't you thrilled? See, I would have figured they were already five-time champions. All right. Nope. Well, that's great. When when can the Usos take those belts off of their hands? 
Biggie is very excited because his NXT shtick was he got to have five, and he got it. Great. Um, let's talk for a minute about Kevin Owens. Why? I feel like if we were to talk about Kevin Owens and any sort of consideration for what his possible future career might be, uh, I, I just sort of feel like we'd be giving it more thought than anybody in WWE creative. So I, I'm just not sure why we would do that, DC. He he lost in two minutes at SummerSlam, which to me, I was like, okay, not the choice I would have made. And in, but- in fairness, in fairness, he was facing Braun Strowman. Yes. And Braun Strowman is supposed to be this gigantic monster. So, like, it serves it serves Braun for Kevin to lose as he did in that situation. Yes. The question that I had was, he then did not show up at all on Raw, was not mentioned that I heard on Raw. So I have to, you know, I have to imagine either... Maybe he's got some nagging injuries and is taking a little time off. Maybe they're just giving a week or two before they start some other story. But I think you tweeted something. Did you or did you not tweet post-SummerSlam something about Kevin Owens being done with the company? And while I don't think that's true, it planted just enough of a little hint in my head that when Raw came and went and there was no Kevin Owens, I was like, huh. Yeah. Okay. What do, you, what do you think? I mean, it's the Emma treatment, as far as I was concerned, based off of just what happened at SummerSlam. But uh, I, I'm sure he's, he's like you said. I don't know. Emma gave Asuka a competitive match and then lost. Now, granted, I understand that Braun is Braun. But still. Like, had that been a seven-minute match and KO got a little bit of offense in but still mostly got demolished, I think most people would have been like, okay, that was what we expected. I don't think anyone expected a squash match. Well, but in fairness, for what they decided to do with Braun at the end of that show, he couldn't have had a competitive match. Um, True. To use him in the capacity of potentially cashing in against Brock and Roman... He needed to be fresh and looking strong. So Mm -hmm. I enjoyed the way he did that. I really thought he was going to just put himself in the match, but I liked what he did. He was like, I'm not going to come running in at the end. I'm just going to stand here. And at any point I might cash in. Sure. That's a clever, clever way to do it. Um, She didn't win the Royal Rumble. She didn't win the title on Sunday. But did Becky Lynch win your heart by smacking the hell out of Charlotte? Not really. Uh, (laughs) To be honest, and again, you can go back and forth on this all day long. I think Becky Lynch... Okay, and here's how... That's why you can go back and forth. Becky Lynch needed something, right? Clearly, what she was doing, the babyface thing, was not exciting enough for her to get over for to actually be the gal. You know what I mean? So they had to do something. But when she attacked Charlotte, I did feel as though her character lost something. She, she, and she, before she always took the high road, and in mm-hmm. doing this, her character definitely transformed. So, I mean, that's both a good thing and a bad thing. It's a good thing because, as I just said, her character did need something 
But I'm not sure that was it because she's already over with the fans. They're behind her. They were behind her before. Like, what you're doing with her is you're telling the audience that they're wrong about this person. You know what I mean? Like, they're they're trying to twist our perception of somebody who we like anyways. There was no reason yeah. why she couldn't win as the baby face Becky Lynch. It just it just reeks of creative events or whoever saying, oh, they really like her. Let's just screw with her character uh, because that's not what we want them to do with her. It just seems like you're fighting the tide. You know what I mean? I... That you're not the first person I've heard say that. I think most people expected Becky to win, and then maybe Charlotte to t- be the one to turn heel. It's kind of her natural. She seems more like a natural he- heel. She is a flair after mm-hmm. all. Um, but what's interesting is while she did come out on SmackDown and cut a very heel promo. Very much like she had to turn on the fans and be like, you didn't, she, the, the essence of her argument essentially was, you didn't cheer hard enough for me. Basically, like, why didn't you make me the female Daniel Bryan? But that's, like, again, she, and that's where I come in with, that's a false narrative. If you've been yes. listening to her perform, they have been cheering the hell out of her. Not enough, apparently. Yeah. They should have booed when Charlotte won. Rings false. And it they, just rings false. And they cheered. What I like about this, and and it's, you know, again, the story hasn't been fully told yet, but on Raw, you've got The Shield and Braun Strowman, both very popular. Neither one particularly reviled in any way. Like, Roman himself is booed. The Shield, however, is not. On SmackDown, you've got Becky Lynch and Charlotte. And as much as they're going to try to make Becky Lynch a heel, it's not going to work. Because, like you said, they're going against the tide. Like, their people are going to cheer for her because this is what people have wanted. In the same way that when Sami Zayn turned heel, people loved it. Right. So, you know, but again, it's it's we have this kind of thing where the fans, you know, they had... She cut the promo, the fans booed a little bit, but they were still cheering at parts where obviously it wasn't meant to be cheered. But then Charlotte came out and they had a brawl. Like a very it was an entertaining brawl. They Paige comes out and calls out all the women of SmackDown to come and pull them apart. So you've got Sonya Deville, you've got Mandy Rose, you've got your girl Asuka trying to hold these women apart as they are attacking each other. Um so again, it's it's an interesting story. I find I don't mind so much that it doesn't make, and maybe this is just the way I the way I feel about it. It doesn't have to make perfect sense to me. They're you know they the friendship is over. They're now going to battle it out. I imagine they will battle it out inside of a cell in a couple of weeks. I'm okay with that. Sure. Um, let's see what else was there. Same kind of thing. Samoa Joe and AJ Styles. I loved that match so much. Sure. Just this, the way it, I I thought the way it ended was great. Like Joe getting up, you know, having uh, AJ's wife and daughter there was a little cheesy. But then you know AJ snapping essentially. You, no, didn't work for you. It was fine, but I just whatever they didn't they don't. It's it's the same thing that they did with. 
Shinsuke and AJ to an extent. They've decided that they need this over-the-top soap opera aspect to the feud when these two guys could just wrestle. And so I'm not against it. That's a decision, right? That's a creative decision. It's Mm -hmm. fine. But all I want from these guys is to see them wrestle. Um, Yeah. It's interesting. It's interesting that you say that because you have, of the two of us, you have always been the storyline driven. When you have two guys who are that good, who are that intense, just let them make magic. It was like Cesaro and Sheamus. You just wanted them to wrestle seven, eight, nine times. I don't know about that, but... (laughs) Uh, But yeah, obviously, again, it's not over. AJ was cutting a promo about how, you know, don't you ever talk about my family again. Joe showed up, choked him out. Yeah, and again, I'm not trying to be negative on this one. I don't think they need that. But no, uh, but it, it's fine. It did not offend okay. my sensibilities. I, you know, I, I got one of our besties, Brandon Banks, who's in one of our all-time draft alpha tests. Um, you know, was making the case that he wants at big events like this, he wants all the matches to end with either a pin or a submission. So he didn't like the fact that it ended on a disqualification. And I was like, but it, it just made perfect sense. If you want to talk about how it was the second disqualification of the night in only like the first two hours, okay. Maybe we didn't need the Bludgeon Brothers to get disqualified, though. Apparently, Eric Rowan suffered an injury, and so I think that kind of yeah got in there with. Like in all fairness, though, like I don't, I don't know, just just like how a, a, a tag team becomes formulaic, like a tag team match. You know, it's, it, it, one guy gets beat up, they make the hot tag, the other guy comes rushing in. And one of the reasons, again, like in WWE, tag team wrestling is so formulaic. I tend to not enjoy it. Um, mm-hmm. To, to, to Brandon Banks' uh, point, or I guess maybe to argue against that, you, I, don't, I don't want to end up in a world where each show is going to have exactly one countout, exactly one disqualification, exactly one submission. Like, I, I, don't think it's, I don't think it would be a bad thing to have a show where four of seven matches end in a DQ. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, keep yeah. us on our toes. Well, and, and, and what would be lovely, again, if you didn't have these pay-per-views gimmicked, if you had a show where four out of seven matches end in DQ, the GM comes out the next night and goes, there's only one way to fix this. We're having extreme rules. Right. There's no disqualification at the next pay-per-view, so you can all settle it without going crazy. Right. I mean, and you could, you could even be like, okay, but oh, do they have to have another disqualification? If you want to have storyline justifications, you just have the next night on Raw, AJ says, well, I saw The Miz take the easy way out, and I said, ah, hell, why not me too? You know what I mean? Like, there's no reason why it all has to exist in a vacuum like that. You know, I, I don't know. Sure. And then again, part of me gets it, like, you know... If it was the if it was WrestleMania and you like these feuds are ending, okay, you want a definitive ending. But clearly, Samoa Joe and AJ Styles are only getting started. Clearly, The Miz and Daniel Bryan are only getting started. Yeah, that was also a good match. I felt it was. They had multiple matches going over twenty minutes, which I thought was great considering they had so many yeah. um, squashes. But Miz and Daniel Bryan was good, and now. Doc's going to be really excited because of Hell in a Cell. We're getting The Miz and Maurice. Yes! T 
taking on Daniel Bryan and Brie Bella. Brie Bella is such a fantastic wrestler. This is going to this. be <laughs> a match for the ages. I will sell. I will say this: there was a nice promo. Miz was hilarious as usual. Brie Bella comes running into the ring and legitimately punches Mike Mizanin in the face. <laughs> like it was it was very believable. Like I was like, she just hit him. Um so so again, I'm not wild about it, but at the same time the story gets it and then I guess that's a hell in a cell and then at the super show, Miz and Daniel Bryan are wrestling again and the winner becomes the new number hey, one contender. And just think if they keep this up for just a little while longer, at some point not only can we have an intergender match, we can have an intergenerational match. We can have Daniel Bryan and Brie Bella teaming with Birdie against Ms. Maurice and Baby Monroe. Miz. Monroe. 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 There you go. Like, we could have toddlers going at it in the ring in WrestleMania in just, like, two years. It's going to be great. In, wh- in, in which case, we got to wait for... Well, we don't have to wait, but uh, what's his name? King Maxwell? Oh, yeah. He should be wrestling, too. Matt Hardy apparently is done done working as a producer for WWE. Done done. Uh, I don't know. We'll see how that goes. Well, I imagine he'll be back at some point, but he's taking time off. And then another thing I saw today, which I thought was fascinating. Um, there was a match on SmackDown between Naomi and Peyton Royce, which was pretty good. Supposedly produced by Jason Jordan. Do you think that means Who Jason letting- Jordan's done done? No, I think it just means while he's healing, they wanted something for him to do. So he's getting the chance to be kind of a backstage guy, which, you know, I think is kind of cool. Yeah, that's interesting. Demon Balor came out of nowhere. Don't care. Wasn't. <laughs> Demon Balor does nothing for me. I know. And, and like, don't we, like, this guy has had multiple title matches where he didn't feel the need to call upon the power of the demon. But for Baron Corbin, that that giant threat, uh, for everything riding on the line for this throwaway match, I need the demon to take Don't care of him. Lesson learned. Don't call him short. I guess. He takes it personal. Um, you know, outside of that, Shinsuke Jeff Hardy was fine. Uh, Ronda Rousey Alexa Bliss I liked it, was pretty good. You know, people were criticizing Ronda for talking a lot during the match. I actually kind of liked it. I liked it, and frankly, like, it was a bit of a squash, but you don't... Again. You don't bill somebody as the baddest woman in the world the way they have with her credentials and don't have her just come in and sweep that match. Do you think Ronda Rousey has negatively impacted Asuka? No. I don't think so. They're not even on the same show. Okay. I'm just wondering if we have this woman coming in who is the baddest woman on the planet, so we need to kind of slow down on this other woman we already have who was I, the baddest I, I, woman I do on understand the that sentiment, but um, I sort of think Asuka's days were numbered simply after moving from NXT to the main roster. Um, I... As much as I love her, I never had faith that she was going to translate exactly the way that she was. Um, it's difficult. It's just it's unreasonable. It's to difficult expect. to get any of those gimmicks to kind of go that yeah. way. Yeah. 
All right. Uh, and then we've got our main event, which you're not a huge Brock fan. You're not a huge Roman fan. I still fan, like Brock so. Lesnar. I, was a pr- I appreciated that it was short. Sure. It was over in like eight minutes. I mean, I do think it's a little ridiculous how quickly it was over. I do think it's a little ridiculous how utterly dominated Brock was, especially after the kind of reign that he's had. But whatever. At least it's over and we can move on. Well, we'll see. We'll see. Paul Heyman showed up and said, Brock Lesnar would like his rematch, please. And Kurt Angle said, your contract doesn't say I have to give it to you under a certain time frame, so it's going to be a while. But I don't think he's done. Maybe, maybe he gets his rematch at WrestleMania, but I don't think we've seen the last of him. I don't know. Well, like I said, it was a good weekend. I enjoyed it. I think, you know, I watched a good portion of it, and then I think it was I finished The Miz and Daniel Bryan match, and I went, you know what? I'm going to go to bed. I'll finish the rest in the morning, and I think those last four matches, had I stayed up, I might have been a little, I don't want to say less excited, but those first that first couple of hours was really, really good. I, I think that's overstating it, to be honest, and again, just my own opinion here. Six hours of wrestling is too much. There's no way to keep me actually engaged for takeover. Uh, yeah, there was only two great matches and three that you might call okay, but it's two and a half hours. And there's something about going start to finish in that time that yep. is just so much more appealing to me. I brought this up before, but I'm going to ask again. Would it have been better for you if you could have watched two hours of NXT on Friday, three hours or two and a half to three hours of half of SummerSlam on Saturday, and then another two or three hours of SummerSlam on Sunday? Would that have been more palatable for you? Potentially. It's hard to say until it actually happens that way, but I, I will tell you, I have zero interest in watching wrestling on Friday night, Saturday night, Sunday night, Monday night, Tuesday night, and Wednesday night. Like, I can't watch wrestling that many nights in a row. Yes, but you're not going to watch Monday or Tuesday or Wednesday. Well, anyways. there was a time like, with- when I was, though. Yes, so I, I'm sort of just now. speaking from that. So I guess my point is, I can't tell you for sure without living it, but is Friday night, Saturday night, Sunday, is, is dedicating every single night of my weekend to wrestling something I'm interested in doing? I don't know. It might be novel the first time, but I could see that getting old. I could see myself I'm, watching on Friday and Saturday and being like, I got to go to work on Monday. I'm not going to do as a third night in a row. I'm ju- All I'm saying and this is slightly jumping, but Raw, SmackDown, NXT, NXT UK, 205 Live, were a hop, skip, and a jump away from potentially WWE programming, new programming, every night of the week. Yeah, yeah. And and the point I make, because you're right, having six hours is probably too much, but I'm saying from when SummerSlam proper started, Seth Rollins, Dolph Ziggler... For me, all the way through to Miz and Daniel Bryan was just about as good a couple of hours of wrestling as I've seen in a good long time. And I want to make sure I mention this before we get to our emails. Carmella did a very nice job in that triple threat match. Yeah, she was fine. 
I enjoyed her work more than I usually do. And maybe it's because she had Becky and Charlotte to play off yes. of, but I was a fan. But Carmella's not terrible. She's not. She's fine. And having two great people in that match with her, yeah, it only helped her shine. So it was a good match for her. Yeah. All right. Let's go to the emails as we are almost 45 minutes done with this epic edition of DDT Wrestling uh, podcast at DDTWrestling.com. We've got one, two, three, nine emails, including at least a one. A baker's dozen. Brand new bestie. Oh, okay. Uh, but our first one comes from our good buddy Mitchell, and the subject line is Doc Deserves More Praise. Well, I get the feeling that this is about me, so I, I think you should probably read it so I, I can fully enjoy someone someone reading it to me. From Mitchell Monroe, Doc Deserves More Praise, it says, I realize that between the Charlotte pick and the last email, Doc is feeling neglected, so I wrote a haiku about it. Doc's the very best. He deserves more praise today. We are not worthy. I might email a longer email before next week, but I wanted to put that out there. Doc's the very best. He deserves more praise today. We are not worthy. I like the sentiment. I appreciate that he, he wrote a haiku. Yeah. You know what you should write? A ha- you should write a haiku about Haku. I should write a haiku about Haku. Uh, our next email comes from Jeffrey, who does not have Twitter, and it is titled Arcade Games from Episode 140. Good evening, guys. Love listening to the draft talk. Sorry, I cannot be a part of it. No Twitter. But thanks for the ideas and how I could have been a part of it a few weeks <laughs> back. Anyways, my favorite arcade games growing up were Star Wars, the sit-down version, the WWF wrestling one, unsure of the exact name of it, but it allowed up to four players. That's Gauntlet, Paperboy, the hockey game with the plastic dome over it where the U.S. played Russia, and that is all. Great topic, guys. Thanks. Jeffrey from Massachusetts, who does not have Twitter. This might be a topic that we should save for one of those non-wrestling episodes, I just think it's great that there was a video game where you could deliver newspapers. Paperboy was a fantastic <laughs> game. I, I remember playing it and enjoying it. I'm just saying, I love this this idea that we play video games that just replicate certain parts of life. Now, granted, The Sims might be a separate kind of thing, but there are like simulators where you just drive. Yeah. And it's not like you drive, like the, there's trucking simulators, uh-huh. and it's not drive fast. It's literally just sit at a computer and pretend to drive a tractor trailer truck. I mean, that's true. And I don't know if, if you're meaning to really draw a parallel here or you're making a different point, but Paperboy was not that kind of simulation. Wasn't it just you had to deliver papers? Yeah, but it's not like you were sitting there bicycling from house to house like a simulator style. It was just... No, it was not a simulator. This wasn't a but. But was there anything more to that game besides deliver newspapers? Yeah, you were avoiding dogs and potholes and cars and the intersections. Okay. The point I am making is that not every video game is shoot the aliens, shoot the zombies. It is 
Sometimes you just deliver papers. You, Are you going to play WoW again? You tweeted that a, no. a, maybe a week or two ago, that you were starting to feel like playing WoW again. Well, there's a new expansion out, and I was watching some videos of people playing it, and for half a second, I got the twinge where I was like, oh, man, I should play some World of Warcraft. And no sooner did I send that tweet before my senses started coming back to me, and I said, no, that's a terrible idea. Not doing that. Not doing that. I, there, you know, once they, the only time I really got tempted was when they said they were redoing everything about Azeroth and they were changing the, like, the landscapes of the, the Badlands, not the Badlands, the Grasslands. You know, they weren't going to look exactly the same. And part of me was like, I just want to get on the bat or the eagle and fly around and just see what they changed. That's really all I wanted to do was just see what they, what it looked like. I'm actually more intrigued by the, this idea they're they're working on uh, WoW vanilla servers. They're they're looking to bring back the game as it existed when it first launched. You know, fifteen ah. years ago, and that's the sort of thing that has me excited. I wanna I wanna relive that nostalgia of, of being stuck killing kobolds for eighteen hours just trying to get to level two instead of being instantly leveled to level one hundred and fifteen by killing. You know what I mean? It is crazy how now if you join, you like in, you can have one character who is instantly like as close to max level as possible. And I'm like, that's interesting. I remember just like the the you know you're killing whatever for 18 hours because one of them might have the one thing you need to complete your quest. I loved it when it was like, oh, collect 18 raptor eyes, and I'm like, that raptor. On the ground that I just killed has two eyes. I can still see them. Why is it when I click on him, he has none? He has two eyes. Give me two eyes. The only thing worse than that to me were escort quests. The worst. This goblin This goblin was trapped in a cage. Please walk him all the way back. And if he dies, you've got to go back and wait and around like, hey, the 10 minutes goblin, for him to respawn. Where's the hustle? We're surrounded by bad guys. Maybe we could just run through here, you think, maybe? Huh? Could we maybe just hurry up just a little bit? Yeah. Escort quests and the collection quests were just awful. I liked the go kill this guy. Okay. I can I can try to do that. Yeah. Thunder Beast the Shaman can try to do that. Shaman, Shaman. Anyways, there are more video game emails uh, to come. Our next email comes from Bestie Danielle, uh, subject line, food. Hi, I was going to send this email last week, but I wanted to save it for this week. I was able to take pictures and screenshots of these new foods that I saw via various advertisements. The main question is, would you try one or both of these foods or would you pass on these snacks? first picture is of an advertisement that was in my mailbox for a popcorn store. The second I saw via social media and first thought of all those taste tests from last year here on DDT Pod. Well, let's stop there for a second because she does have the, the, the thing. So here's attachment number one. We could even post these online if people are interested or maybe on our Patreon if you really want to know <laughs> what these look like. Join our Patreon. Popcorn with flavor that really pops. And they have flavors such as, or would you eat Oreo flavored popcorn? Yes. Yes, I would. Uh, spicy buffalo popcorn? Yep. Cornado popcorn? I don't know what that is. Dill pickle popcorn? Probably not, only because I've had dill pickle chips and was not a big fan. Parmesan garlic popcorn sounds amazing. That sounds all right. 
Yep. Uh, there is a popcorn store in in Maine, but it's not this exotic. It's just, would you like chocolate flavored popcorn? Would you like caramel flavored popcorn? Yeah, you can have it. Uh, but interesting. Thank you for sending Popcorn's that. Popcorn's a big and thing then, out in Chicago too, and there is like this blend that's popular where it's just like a cheddar popcorn and a caramel popcorn kind of together, um, which is mm-hmm. all right. But I'd rather just have the caramel popcorn. And then. Um, it's the Oreo State Fair cookie, which is a vanilla crunch. So it looks like an Oreo with a crunchy vanilla coating. Yes, we would eat that. Yes. I what mean. A, what a ridiculous question. I, and apparently you microwave it. That sounds delicious. I don't know if I would eat it now, but. Well, yes. I would probably we, we take have a to bite. assume that you can you, you can absorb all of these things without without damage. But yes. Uh, thank you for the pictures. Yeah. Daniel. It looks scrumptious. Uh, fun fact. Did you know that white chocolate mochas, mochas, and pumpkin spice lattes are technically extra hot? The sauces are made in store, and making them extra hot is like having those specific drinks at the regular temperature. Hope all is well. Danielle. I didn't know that. I'm not really sure what that means. Can you explain that to me? I'm assuming what they mean is they they heat it up because the sauce... I don't know if because the sauce is made in store, maybe it's extra viscous or something, but they need to heat it to a higher temperature just to get not spicy hot. I think they mean temperature. Yeah, no, I think you're right. Absolutely. To get to get the right thing. Um, I don't want to brush up against a sore subject, but I have noticed the Halloween candy in the Mega Mart. Oh, yes. We are approaching pumpkin season. Yeah. How are you going to handle that, Doc Manson, that Doc Manson? Uh, I am going to carve pumpkins, but just not eat their seeds. And I am going to avoid pumpkin spice flavored things, sadly. But, hey, it's almost Halloween season. Woo! I've already had my first bag of candy corn. Oh, I, I was tempted. I want the big, the pumpkins. Yeah. Our, our next email... Comes from Beverly. Good evening, Mr. Matthews and Dr. Manson. Beverly Dakota signing in here. I have just poured some tea from my kettle. Now, before I get to the topic of the email, I have some DC business to take care of. Mr. Matthews, from the Skype with my goddaughter Beth, I hear you wanted her vlog on my email. Now, here's the thing you are disrespecting the integrity of the cycle. One meek. One week, Beth emails, then I do, then that prima donna Stephanie emails. You once set a hairdressing assignment for Steph, but she had to wait her turn. Doc, as a scientist, could you please explain the cycle formula to DC? The integrity of the cycle is the holy grail. They take turns, DC. Well, then Beth should email it when it is her next turn. Uh, No, no, I understand. I'm, I'm a scientist. And I'm telling you, they take turns. Thank you. Okay. Uh, Beth will email the vlog. She listens to me as she lived with me here in England as a child when her mother abandoned her to work on a cruise. It's why she got bullied when she went home to Australia in her teens for having an English accent. We feel it's the reason for her dorgies at uni. What's a dorgy? I feel like we looked this up already. I still feel like it should be a, a corgi. Dog. It's like a dog. Yeah, it, it's kind of like a corgi. Hmm. 
On to the email. As the pro wrestling historian of DDT, on SummerSlam's week, I want to ask, what were your thoughts on Eddie Guerrero versus Rey Mysterio fighting over the custody of a child in a ladder match at SummerSlam 2005? Even if you weren't watching, what do you feel about wrestling having adoption storylines, social workers, Eddie Guerrero teasing a secret if he beat Ray, but still revealing it though Ray won. Do stipulations count for anything? See Shane having control of Raw despite losing to The Undertaker. Do you count that as a gripping and compelling storyline with many layers? Wrestle silly or playing garbage? I hope Mrs. Manson has an answer to Beth's question. Yours faithfully, Beverly Dakota. I don't remember what they asked Mrs. Manson, and I certainly Me never either. passed it along. Well, Mrs. Manson listens well, she to the does. show. So I'm she... sure she knows. Um, Mrs. Manson, uh, let me know whatever the answer yeah. is, and we'll eventually get it out there. Yeah. Uh, I'm not keen on those sort of storylines. Like, the whole idea that they were fighting over the custody of Dominic was kind of dumb. Yeah, it was garbage. Now, to be fair, though, we are dangerously close. Well, we're not dangerously close, but we're approaching that area with Samoa Joe talking about... You like know, I told you, his, I'm not thrilled. His wife and daughter. His wife and daughter. So I will say that. I, if we wind up with a match for the custody of AJ's children, I, I will have to reevaluate my thoughts on this storyline. But hopefully we won't get there. Uh, our next email, we have two from Ryan. Um, one of them is very short, but I think it is uh, definitely worth reading. And it is subject line, your genius. Congratulations on it. It being our genius. There was something in... Uh, I don't even remember. This is this is my problem. Like, literally, this was a conversation from yesterday. This email was sent yesterday. I can't remember what we were talking about. But... I'm just going to believe these complimenting him, my genius. I told him he should compliment us, collectively you and me, on our genius. Hmm. But he might be complimenting yours a little more than mine. And now I'm actually our interested next- in what that's about. Well, you can. I can scroll through and find out. Meh. Um, this is a brand new bestie, but he's someone that's uh, been drafting with us and has been around for a while. I actually now figured out what your name is because I always call you Mags because your Twitter name is Mags and Bags. <laughs> so, but it's Darren, and he does not have a subject line. Now you have got fairly deep into WCW after watching over two hundred Nitro episodes. What are your favorite? WCW exclusive characters. Thanks for the content and the draft. Regards, Mags. Well, hopefully it's okay that I said your name. Um, But that should have been in the email because that's what I'm just saying. Anyways, um, let's see. We talked about Disco Inferno on a recent episode of The List, and he immediately comes to mind just because he is a WCW character. Uh, I'm gonna go with the Russell Silly ones. I liked Glacier. Yeah, I liked I liked Glacier. I liked the fact that Glacier had a nemesis named Mortis, who was just Chris Canyon in like a skull mask. Um, I can't go with Sting because Sting jumped to WWE. See, see, that was gonna be my point here. Is you almost have to go with those types of characters, like 
I'm gonna say my favorite is ones. probably RoboCop, but that's because <laughs> like you can't say Sting, you can't say DDP, you can't say nope. like you know all the, those you obvious can't even say ones. Hollywood Hogan. Like Hollywood Hogan is it was in WWE. Buff Bagwell wasn't long, but was in WWF. So mm-hmm. you've got to go with those guys that did make the cut. So yeah, I would say Glacier and Mortis were good. Um, Shockmaster was yeah. was technically a WCW character. You could go with that, I suppose. Yeah. Um, the Kevin Sullivan as the Taskmaster that was good. The whole Dungeon of Doom thing I loved. So. The fact that, you know, Brutus Beefcake had like 18 different names. Oh, Ed Leslie. Uh, Ryan emails again, and this time it's an email. Dear DDT Wrestling, I haven't written an email in a while except for work emails, so let me tell you, it is thrilling to finally be able to compose a message that won't include the phrase, please advise. Now that Rowan is out with an injury, how would you... DC Matthews at the DC Matthews and Doc Manson at Doc Manson like to see WWE use Harper huge singles run joining forces with Brian Braun to reunite the Wyatt family against the shield a new deputy detective with the fashion police please advise Ryan at warrior MN telling you one of the funniest people on Twitter um well, we talked about it a little bit. I, As much as, you know, the Wyatts versus the Shield kind of makes sense, even if most people, Doc Manson included, might not like it, they do this, I don't remember what it's called, but they do this thing on their YouTube channel and on WWE.com where they have wrestlers go back to, like, where they first started out, and they're talking about all of their kind of names beforehand. And Luke Harper did one. And, you know, despite the fact that he runs around with a giant hammer, he actually is an eloquent, funny type person. I would love to kind of go away from the Luke Harper character and actually meet the guy and have, you know, I would like to see a singles run. And I'm talking, you know, Luke Harper versus Shinsuke for the U.S. title. Maybe he wins it. Like, that's as high as I'm willing to go. I understand who he is. But, you know, it would be interesting to meet the guy behind just the beard and the hoods. I agree, except at that point, you can't walk it back. So they'd have to be pretty sure they didn't want to use him in the current capacity down the road. It's such a one-dimensional character. Like, his biggest twist was when he threw Dolph Ziggler into the authorities' locker room and went, I'm a team player. Yeah. And that was like three years ago. That was pretty great. It was great, though. Uh, Our next email comes from our good buddy Glenn, and it is titled To Boldly Go, because in the last couple of days I've gotten on a Star Trek kick. So I apologize if you are not a Star Trek fan, because I have a feeling this will be a Star Trek email. Hi guys, here's a question you will probably answer next week, if you remember. With DC watching Star Trek The Next Generation from the beginning, and I'm sure you are not fed up doing lists, who are your top ten sci-fi characters of all time. Oh, man. Thanks as always, Glenn. P.S. I categorically deny any involvement with a certain three ladies that keep emailing the show. I am slightly worried that that's going to be the swerve. Is that it's not going to be what I think it is. 
like there's like a unified front where they're all emailing like it's like three people all emailing it like uh, anyways uh, that's a that's a tall order I don't know if we have time to make a list of their top ten I certainly sci-fi don't characters think of all I time. could do justice to a, a, my actual top ten sci-fi characters I think we need time to like ponder and then come back because that we're gonna need to distinguish between sci-fi and horror like, does Freddy Krueger count as a sci-fi uh, character? I mean, I'm going to say no. That's clearly a horror but, character. But that's that's kind of the discussion we need to have. So this might need to be a special episode of the list. But like, that I mean, to, to, give your, like, to give your example some actual credibility, let's talk about, like, Ripley from the Alien series. That's that's horror, well, yeah, but I would, that's I would think, I would think but, sci-fi. Well, yes. But yes, but I was saying, like, I'm just trying to make sure that we have a distinction there. So I'm assuming, like, Predator, like, the, you know, would, would a Predator count? Because, like, again, this shows, my, this shows my naivety, my naivete. I don't know if it's one Predator or multiple Predators. Well, it depends on what you're talking about, I suppose. I'm not. I'm talking about the concept because I've never watched any of the movies. So. Ah. Well, then there's a lot of them. Um, but, but, you know, because, like, if I. If, Depending on if monsters count, the greatest sci-fi character of all time is clearly Godzilla. It's so. Godzilla. Yeah. Well, uh, we'll we'll have to ponder this. So we're gonna have to table this, Glenn. And I think you knew you knew that when you said, "Here's a question," you will probably answer next week. We're gonna have to ponder this. Um, but uh, fantastic question. Did you watch any Star Robo-Cop? Trek? Are you a Trekkie? <laughs> Are you are were you a Trekkie at any point in time? Um, I've watched a fair amount in the Next Generation and the original series. Uh, I've watched all the movies, I think, um, including the new ones. I I don't think I saw the most Chris recent Pine. new one, but otherwise, yeah, I didn't see that one either. I saw the one with Benedict Cumberbatch's Khan. Yeah, that was fine. Yeah. All right. The best one is. Uh, where they go after the whales. Yeah. That's still my favorite is that one. Is part five? I feel like that's part five. This is part four. Oh, is it? I really like the first one, actually. I know a lot of people feel like it's overlong and like there's a lot of... I don't know. There's something about the cinematography in that one that I rather enjoy. Yeah, and, and I've seen a good portion of the Next Generation ones, but that was the show I grew up on, like Sunday nights. Mm. And, I, and again, Mama that first Matthews, movie, Papa I think Matthews. it gets a lot of crap because, like, you know, the whole Voyager thing... But that's the sort of sci-fi I, I expect from Star Trek. Uh, sure. I, I don't know. There's something about it that I, I really liked. There's something about that one I really, really liked. All right. I'm just saying, if you ever want to do a podcast where we watch nope. episode by episode, do a podcast about each episode of Next Generation, I'm in. Just well, if you want to do that with Twin Peaks, I'm in, so. I would do that with Twin Peaks. We could do <laughs> again the DD, the DDT universe because I've never seen Twin Peaks, so I I'm gonna I'm gonna have list the DDT universe. Seems like every week we get different ideas. Our last email comes from Bosque or Bosque. I still can't remember. Bosque. Hey DC and Doc, the video game that I pumped quarters into was Karate Champ, Dragon's Lair, and then Afterburner. Anywho, really enjoyed the wrestling weekend. Keep up the great work. Best to you and yours, Bosk. Send for my iPhone. Dragon's Lair. I think I played crew. Yeah. Dragon's Lair. Now that's a video game. There was a game we played. I seem to recall. I think it had dragon in the title. Not 
the X-Men games. But there was some game with, like, dwarves and elves and such. Baldur's Gate? I don't remember. What? Baldur's Gate? I don't remember what it was. It was on the... It wasn't on PC. It was on a console. Yeah, I think I think that was a Baldur's but, Gate game. Um, but but it wasn't, like, an actual... Baldur's Gate is, like, this highly revered uh, RPG from the early days of PC, but the consoles had an action RPG game. There was some subtitle attached to it, which I can't remember, but it played very similarly to those X-Men games, so if that's what you're thinking, that might be it. Champions of Norath. There you go. Although Baldur's Gate Dark Alliance might also be it, but I think we played Champions of Norath for a little bit. Yeah, we definitely played... That sounds familiar. Back on the PS2. Oh, man. Sometimes I miss Karate Champ days. also quite a game, but very early mm-hmm. in that uh, fighting game genre. All right there, Doc Manson. That Doc Manson, what's your piece of positivity as we head into the weekend? RoboCop? <laughs> that, is the, that is the title of this episode, is dot, 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 RoboCop, question mark. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I... It was a great weekend for WWE. It was. Just all around, all around. NXT was good. SummerSlam was good. Raw and SmackDown both seemed to be heading in positive directions. We've got the UK taping, All In, which is not something you and I are going to spend a lot of time talking about, but that's in, I think, like a week. So wrestling overall in great shape right now. Absolutely. You know, all, All In, I presume, is going to be available to purchase live to watch. Fight Fight TV. Say again? I believe it's on Fight TV $39.99. Oh. Uh, yeah. Well, I guess not. If that's it was $15, the, the I might have said, let's get the crew together. I, if it was if it was $20, I would I would be in for it. But 40 again, in, in a in a WWE network world, that's that's kind of impractical. Yeah. Ah well. But anyways, maybe who knows? We'll see how we're feeling. Uh, anything else you'd like to say, Doc Manson, before we head out into that good night? If you like our show, you can listen to all of our episodes at ddtpod.com. And if you have questions, comments that you'd like to have read on the air, you can send your thoughts to podcast at ddtwrestling.com. And finally, if you like what you heard, and how could you, and you want to support our show, you can go on over to patreon.com forward slash ddtwrestling to throw us one or two shekels, but certainly no more than three. That's all we ask. He is Doc Manson at Doc Manson. I am the D- I am DC Matthews at the DC Matthews. And until we meet again, my friends, won't you be our bestie?